This is the Holland Assets Podcast, where we show you how to start and run your own trucking company. Ever wanted to go out on your own? Follow Chris as he goes through the highs and lows of running on his own authority. Welcome, everybody, to the Holland Assets Podcast. This is episode number 41. I am Craig, and over there, Chris, welcome. How you doing, Craig? I, well, you know, I'm all right, as all right as somebody in a uh, self-imposed and state-imposed <laughs> quarantine can be. Yeah, we're, we're right in the middle of, well, middle maybe not, but uh, when things have really gotten crazy with the coronavirus yes. outbreak. COVID-19 is rearing its filthy yeah, head. Locking everything down. Yep. Kids uh, are out of school. But, uh, oh man, the kids are out of school. Oh, what am I going to do? Home. What am I going to do? Yeah, it's it's rough. All right. Well, anyway, luckily we're not in a room with 50 or more people, so we didn't have to cancel the podcast. <laughs> uh, we can we can continue this show. And uh, today we are going to be talking about something that actually does pertain to that. And so if you are, uh, if you're looking for that sweet, sweet, hot coronavirus content, we got it for you. We At do. least a little bit today. Yeah, it, we're going to be talking a lot about safety regulations. We we mentioned last uh, last week in the podcast that I was we were going to do a three part series on um, some of the regulations and audits and and different things like that. So this is the first part of that episode where we're really just going to kind of break it down and talk a little bit about uh, what what the FMCSA program is, the CSA program, compliance, safety, accountability, and. Uh, kind of kind of go from there and expand on that the next one's going to be about the dot safety audits and then the last one's going to be more specific you know dot safety audits but specific to my experience with the uh, new entrance safety audit right now before we get to all all of that i will just remind everybody go to hollandassetsllc.com for full show notes in fact this episode i've seen them in advance the show notes are extensive i'm not going to be able to put them all in the show notes that you see on whatever player you're using. And so use that click through to go to Holland Assets LLC and check out the full show notes. Uh, it's going to have a lot of the details that we'll t- be talking about today. Uh, the other things I was going to mention, oh yeah, find us on Facebook and leave a review if you would be so kind. If you enjoy what we do here, we would much appreciate that review. Now, Chris, FMCSACSA. Might be my favorite acronym of all time. Well, it's really two acronyms together. So FMCSA, Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, CSA program, which is Compliance, Safety, and Accountability. That's really the program that the the FMCSA uses to manage their regulatory compliance. Yeah. The only thing that comes close to FMCSA's CSA is, uh, you know, some of the, the stuff that comes out of Congress with the bizarre acronyms, you know, to, to make sure that they spell some uh, relevant word. Well, it takes a government agency to really be able to come up with the good acronyms. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So the, uh, tell me again, FMCSA stands for Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration. Safety Administration. So that's the that's the department Got it. of the government. It's, it's a section of the DOT, the Department of Transportation uh-huh. subsection. Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration, the ones that really manage the trucking industry. Gotcha. And then the second part of that, the the CSA program is, you know, like like I'd mentioned, the compliance, safety, and accountability, um, and that's really what the the FMCSA uses to manage that whole regulatory environment that motor carriers have to fall. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay, so that's what we're going to be going over today. Now, um, you actually pulled up a pretty relevant news item 
before we even started. Do you want to bring that up now because it is uh, relevant to the COVID nineteen thing, or do you want to bring that up a little bit later? Oh, let's uh, we, let's go ahead and talk about it now. So, yeah, I, I just this morning the FMCSA announced that they are going to suspend hours of service regulations for motor carriers who are are in support of the um, the COVID-19, the, the coronavirus relief. And so, you know, I, I just kind of really skimmed it just really quickly, but it's all 50 states. So the, the FMCSA does this on occasions, like when there's hurricanes or some kind of natural disaster like that, they'll, over a, a certain smaller geographical area, they will suspend those regulations for companies that are, are helping or providing some kind of support to that relief. This is the first time that I can remember and I would be willing to bet the first time ever that they've suspended it for all 50 states. That is pretty remarkable. I mean, there's uh, it, every state is going to need whatever help it can get, right? Yeah, absolutely. And and it's, you know, it, it, it's kind of interesting. I, I was reading, you know, it, it, you have to be in direct support of the relief effort, but that includes a lot of different things. It was talking about, you know, medical supplies, medical equipment, you know, and even things, emergency restocking of, of grocery shelves. Which I mean, really, if you haul any kind of grocery, I mean, if, if you're if you've been any if unless you've been living under a rock, you've noticed that the grocery stores have just been decimated with supplies, and so there's lots of empty shelves. So really, I, I would be willing to bet any kind of grocery items that are being hauled right now, food items, you'd probably fall under that. Like I am actually funny tomorrow night. I'm picking up a load of water. Oh yeah, sure. It's going to Costco. Oh my goodness! They've been, you know, Costco has been out of water. You know, they you're going to be like weeks. the you're going to be like one of those uh, truck drivers in the zombie movie who's fighting people <laughs> off the to, side yeah, of the I'm truck. I'm going to have to like make sure I have an extra strong padlock on the <laughs> on the trailer to make sure nobody tries to break it and steal my my bottle of water. And I'll be I'll be hauling, so that would count, I'm sure. Yeah. And then after that, I'm picking up a load of potatoes and taking them from Idaho to Atlanta, and I'm sure that would count too. Oh, no so, doubt. Yeah. Um. You know, I, I, I haven't really decided how I'm going to try to, you know, manage my hours of service time hauling those two loads, but you know, it, it's nice to have, you know, I'll, I'll be able to kind of, you know, within reason, um, get, get there as quick as I can and, uh, you know, help, ho- hopefully help keep people fed. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I hope it's okay if, uh, the non trucker in the room is the one who says this, but with these regulations being waived temporarily for those who are supporting the relief efforts, just recall to mind that they were put in place for a reason. Don't be stupid. Drive safe. You know, get your appropriate amount of rest as much as you feel like you need, um, et cetera, et cetera. Absolutely. It becomes, you know, you've got to self, self-policing. you got to watch yourself and be careful. You know, as always, you know, even if, even if you can legally drive, if you're tired, pull over, go to sleep. You know, and, and especially now when you can kind of push through the regulations a little bit, if you're tired, go to sleep, be safe, safety first. Okay, so as we dive into the FMCSA, CSA, <laughs> uh, there was one thing that we wanted to start with uh, was a photo that was sent, right? Yeah, we, we finally had a, a contestant winner that snapped the picture of me driving down oh, the road. Oh, really? Yeah, it happened in Atlanta. So, you know, a long ways away from home. It was pretty cool. It was Brent. Um, neat, neat story. He's just uh, about to have another baby. His wife's, yeah, I think it sounds like about ready to pop. And, uh, so the, the Amazon gift card came at a very opportune time and he was super excited. I was excited. It's been kind of cool. And, and the other thing that's kind of funny with that is I've had two guys in the last, you know, couple of days, you know, 
one take another picture and a second guy that actually stopped me at a at a receiver where i was dropping off a load and he's like are you chris <laughs> yeah no way so, yeah, yeah hey how about me that aside, listens to a podcast listener and you know that's pretty cool that is cool you've been recognized in public i think uh, you're able to join some kind of union now for famous people <laughs> the the union for not so famous famous people that's right the, the faces for radio <laughs> union uh well that's great congratulations brent you have now accomplished something that i have not and i live locally i've never seen chris on the road yet uh, yeah, i'm he, looking he forward to it craig still thinks it's a rumor that i actually get out in the truck and drive i i'm convinced that you just have a robot do it so you can sleep in the back <laughs> that'd be nice uh uh, okay, well, congratulations, Brent. Chris, where do we want to start off talking about the, the, the broad strokes? Now that we've talked about the exceptions uh, for the FMCSA's regulations, where do you want to start in talking about uh, about it generally? What do people need to know? Well, first and foremost, compliance, it's a necessary evil. It's one of those things that you absolutely have to do. If you don't do it, you're going to get yourself in trouble. I've seen way too many companies that just don't pay any attention to it and eventually get shut down because they don't do it. And, and one of two things happens down. It's not always the government that shuts you down. If you're not managing the compliance thing, sometimes they do, but what also happens is, you know, the government may not shut you down, but they may put you, give you a conditional rating, which then makes it harder to get loads and, and your insurance company might start charging you more money. And so then at that point, you know, if you're getting paid less on your loads, your expenses, are increased. You, you, you just, some guys can't stay in business under those kind of conditions. And so that's what actually ends up putting them out of business are, are those kind of things. So it's not directly the, the FMCSA doing it, but it still happens because they didn't follow the regs. Now, following these regulations, uh, as you say, it's something you want to do. It's something that can put you out of business. And this is something that you have experience helping guys with, right? Yeah. So it's definitely one of the things that motor carrier HQ does we help people stay, you know, understand the regulations, stay in compliance with them. You know, we help them with things like the drug and alcohol program and really just um, give them a kind of a system that they can follow that will will help them through it. And and really the, the regulations and the compliance, it's not rocket science. It's not super difficult. In fact, there's been a lot of times when I've worked with, with specific clients, you know, this may be kind of mean, but uh, I'm going to say it anyway. There's been some guys that I've I've helped through the process that have been able to successfully manage it where I've said, if this guy can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> as long as you don't name names. I'm, I'm not all right naming any names, but it's it's really, truly, it's it's a matter of effort and it's a matter of making it a priority. As long as people will make it a priority and put a little bit of effort into it, anybody can do it. It's it, Especially with some help from Motor Carrier HQ, we've got an audit program. It's called the Audit Assistance Package that's kind of a do-it-yourself um, program to help people know what they need to do, what records they need to keep and that kind of thing. And if people are doing that and following like the hours of service rules and, you know, not driving their trucks 80 miles an hour through 40 mile an hour zones, they'll be okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. All right. Now you've said that not following these regulations uh, could result in either being shut down, which is maybe the less likely course or at least being kind of a soft shutdown right your yeah. rates go down your insurance rates go up uh, so how do you prevent all this from happening so one of my quotes and favorite quotes in the entire world comes from ben franklin 
And he said, an ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure. And I really feel like in this case, that ounce of prevention is really worth a metric ton of cure. A, a metric ton? A metric ton. Yeah. Uh, okay, okay. This is America, Chris. Why a metric ton? <laughs> because it's bigger than a regular ton. <laughs> okay. And, and since we're, I've always had this question. And since we're talking about tonnage, um, you, you hear about, you know, the, the imperial ton, which we're familiar with here in the U.S., the metric ton, which everybody else in the world yep. uses. And then, then you also always hear about a shit ton. So what's bigger, a metric ton, a shit ton? W- what's bigger of those two? I, I, you know, I'm going to go shit ton on this one has got to be the biggest. I, yeah, I, I kind of like that. So maybe we ought to say that this ounce of prevention is really worth a shit ton of cure in this and situation. We're really earning the uh, explicit rating <laughs> this week on the podcast, right, Chris? Oh, I guess we are. Don't let your kids listen to this episode. <laughs> uh, okay, so it's we've got um, we've got a, a shit ton of prevention now that we can do. Well, no, wait, that's not even right, is it? I, I, I'm no Ben Franklin, let's put it that way. We're at an ounce of prevention okay. for a shit ton of cure. So, so what's, what, what is prevention, what's an ounce of prevention look like then? Well, an, an ounce of prevention is really just kind of staying ahead of, of it and um, not waiting until you're getting audited or not waiting until you're having issues before you really start trying to, one, follow the regulations and, two, trying to keep trying to keep the records. So let's let's kind of take a little bit of a step back here at this point and really kind of talk about, okay, this CSA program, the Compliance Safety Accountability Program, and what it's designed to do. And there's really, I feel like, four things that this is designed to do. First, identify motor carriers that pose a safety hazard. Two, intervene with identified motor carriers so that they can correct their safety problems. Three, assign motor carriers safety ratings. And then four, prohibit motor carriers that receive unsatisfactory safety ratings from operating commercial motor vehicles. So I think as we kind of go forward, let's break down each one of those items and talk about them in a little bit more detail. Okay. So you said they want to, first of all, identify um, problematic carriers, right? Yep. So how do they go about doing that? There's there's kind of um, three main ways that that happens. The first, you know, and, and a new motor carrier like me is going to go through what's called a new entrance safety audit. The third episode of this series, we're going to go into great detail on exactly what that new entrant safety audit is. We're going to talk about my experience with mine. I just had mine completed a, a couple weeks ago. So that's one, that's one way they identify them. So if you go through a new entrant safety audit and they see issues, that's how they're going to say, okay, this guy's got problems. We're going to have to ratchet up our um, screws on this guy a little bit. Okay. All right. What else? The, the biggest and most common for all motor carriers is really roadside inspections. So you know how trucks get pulled into a port and the inspector, you know, we've talked about this. I've had it happen. They pull you inside and say, Hey, I'm going to do an inspection. They, they look at your vehicle. They look at your hours of service logs and a bunch of other things. And when they see issues, you know, it gets annotated and it gets input into what's called the safety measurement system. And that's really kind of how they issue each motor carrier kind of a score based on how well they follow or how well they don't or how poorly they don't follow the regulations. Right. Now, luckily for you, Chris, you are starting to get pretty famous. So when you get pulled into these ports, <laughs> you'll be able to, don't you know who Every I am? Day. Look at my truck <laughs> yeah. and they'll just let you go. I've tried that before. It doesn't work, especially with my wife. Yeah. I can't, <laughs> I can't use that. Don't you know who I am? Mine. Yeah. 
it never goes well. Oh, okay. All right. So what was the third thing? You said uh, there was a third option, right, for how they identify? Yeah, if you get in a bad accident. Oh, So okay. if you get in an accident, they're going to, especially if it's a bad one, um, you know, if there's serious injury or death or anything like that, you're probably going to get audited. Gotcha. Okay. And that's kind of just standard operating procedure. It doesn't matter if you're at fault. It doesn't matter who you are, what you are. If they, they, they often say if it's if an, in an accident involves hearse, nurse, or toe, it's a little bit higher. So a hearse, if it kills somebody, a nurse causes some significant hospitalization, or if vehicles have to get towed, um, chances are that you're going to get looked at a little bit more um, in, in more detail and more depth, especially if it's the hearse or nurse. If it causes a death or a serious hospitalization, you can bet that there's a good chance the FMCSA, the DOT is going to kind of look calling. at your situation. Okay. Yeah. All right. And it may not result in anything, especially if it wasn't your fault. Um, but there's still just a, to kind of dot their I's and cross their T's. They're going to look at you a little bit more and make sure you're doing what you're supposed to do. Doesn't seem horribly unreasonable from where I'm sitting. No, it, 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 it's really not. Okay. So, uh, you said the second thing they're going to do after they identify, uh, potentially problematic carriers is they're going to intervene. That uh, this sounds terrifying, right? Oh no, they're going to intervene. What does this yeah, mean? You don't, the, the intervention is one of those things that you want to try to avoid as much as you can. So you want to, this is where the prevention comes in. If you're doing the things right up front and you're following the hours of service regulations and you get inspected or you do your new entrant audit and you pass that with flying colors, you're going to kind of stay underneath the radar. But if you don't, if you you know have bad safety inspections and or and or you fail your new entrant audit or any other kind of audit, they're going to kind of keep ratcheting things up. And so I've kind of ordered these and listed them. You will have them in the show notes, obviously. Um, but the interventions, they they kind of they start out light and then they get worse and worse and worse. And if you you know get this first intervention and you you know kind of fix things and and improve things, then they're probably gonna you know lay off you a little bit. But if you keep getting worse and worse and worse, they're just gonna keep tightening and tightening and tightening until all of a sudden you're getting a full blown on site safety audit and getting a you know a reduction in your safety rating and you know it just kind of goes downhill from there. So, but what what are some of the potential things they could do leading up to that? You know, not quite as bad as that. So the first thing they do is they issue what's called a warning letter. And the warning letter is basically going to state, you know, these are areas where we're seeing you're not following compliance regulations. So maybe they are noticing because of roadside inspections that you've had um, too many out of service or not um, hours of service issues. So you're not following the hours of service rules. You, you're driving too long. You're not taking your 30 minute break after eight hours of dry or on duty. And you're, you're just not doing those kind of things. And so they see that you're not following those regulations out of proportion with everybody else. So you're worse than average, basically. Gotcha. So as long as you're within the norm, you're probably going to be okay on a yeah, lot of that stuff. Typically they're, they're going to want to focus their efforts on the worst offenders. So you can still have little tiny issues here and there, but if your issues are less frequent than most carriers your size, they're still probably going to focus their efforts on somebody else. They may send you a warning letter, but that may be as high as it gets. But usually what happens after that, once they send the warning letter, if your CSA scores are again above that average, um, they're going to do what's called targeted roadside inspections. And th- so they're going to seek you out. They're going to seek you out. And you can see, you can actually see what your, um, ins- what's, it's called this um, ISS inspection selection score. So if you go into the FMCSA portal 
And if you're, you don't know what that FMCSA portal is, I'm going to have it in the show notes. I also have a video that I created that kind of shows you the basics of the portal, how to log in, and it will specifically go in and show you where you can find what your um, inspection selection score is, your ISS score. I do it in Holland Assets. I actually log into Holland Assets portal, show you what my score is, and and talk a little bit more. But there's basically um, your 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 score itself is a is a numeric number. I think one to a hundred. And depending on what your score is, you're going to get one of three inspection rates. So the first one is inspect. That means if you get pulled into a port and your rating is inspect, you're probably going to be inspected unless they're super busy inspecting other people. But if if they're open, you get pulled in, you're probably going to get inspected. The next one is optional. And that's actually what Holland Assets is right now is optional. That means they can pull you in, but they don't have to. And, and is that your, you have this status simply because of the age of the company? Because of the age of the company. Yeah. Because I'm a new entrant, you know, they, they kind of put new entrants a little bit more under a microscope. And so I, I'm assuming that's why it is. I am pretty confident. That's the reason is every new entrance optional until you get through the new entrant program, which is 18 months. We'll talk a little bit more about so that in that third, third kind episode. of a probationary period it until is. you get to, you said there's a third uh, status and I assume that's it's green, green light yep, go. Green light go. So they're unless they've got you know unless they see like you're driving down the road with missing a tire or you know something super blatantly obvious that, that that's an issue with your truck <laughs> or something like that. They're probably just every time gonna let you pass. Let through. you go. Okay. All right. Sounds good. Um, now, is there anything else that they might do in this intervention category that we want to go over? Yeah. There's there's actually quite a few more things. And this is where it kind of continues to get ratcheted up. Like so, if you Say you get that um, inspect, you're you're listed as an inspect. So they're going to start pulling you in almost every time to inspect. And if you're not, if you haven't fixed those problems and you're continuing to have the same problems, things are just going to get worse and worse and worse for you because eventually what's going to happen is they're going to do an an investigation or an audit. You know, an investigation is an audit. They sometimes call it investigation. They sometimes call it an audit. And there's different levels of audits. So we're going to talk a little bit about those. The first one's an offsite investigation where they may, if you like, for instance, if you're having issues with your hours of service, they just may say, hey, um, we want you to upload through your ELD system 30 days worth of logs or three months worth of logs or something like that. And, and with, along with the supporting documentation, they're just going to want to see that, you know, a few specific pieces, especially where they think you're having issues. Okay. All right. And then if the offsite... Uh, you said you mentioned on-site earlier. That's the worst thing that can happen. Is yeah, that there, what comes next? It, it is. And there's, there's actually different levels of on-site too. So there's on-site focused and on-site prevent, uh, comprehensive. So the on-site focused is just, you know, kind of the same thing as the off-site, except for they do an on-site. They're not going to look at everything. They, you, you may have great CSA scores as far as vehicle maintenance goes. So they probably won't look at anything when it comes to vehicle maintenance but then maybe you're struggling on the hours of service thing and they're just going to focus in on, on that, maybe something else. Yeah. Okay. And then, but there, there would be a comprehensive, potentially comprehensive one where there are yeah. so many issues and they've come up so many times. We're just going to look at your entire operation. They're going to look at everything. And the comprehensive isn't necessarily because you're doing bad things. There's other reasons to have a comprehensive onsite inspection. Cause the thing with um, a comprehensive, like if they want to issue you or if you want to get a, a satisfactory safety rating, the only way you can get a satisfactory safety rating is if you've been through a comprehensive investigation or a comprehensive audit. If you've just had that that focused audit where they only look at a few things, there's there's 
tons of downside with those and no upside. And what I mean by that is the only thing that, that they're going to give you at the end of those is either a conditional or an unsatisfactory safety rating. That's it. Those That's are your it. only possibilities. Yep. They won't give you a satisfactory safety rating if all you've had is a focused audit. You have to go through that whole comprehensive safety audit where they look at basically everything before they will issue a satisfactory safety rating. Interesting. Does that mean that I want comprehensive uh, look at that point. That's that's kind of the the upside of getting one of those is if you've got your ducks in a row and you're doing things right, you'll get a, a you'll get a an actual safety rating. And so th- anybody that looks at your company online, they'll be able to see that. Oh, you know what? This guy's got a satisfactory safety rating. Let me ask you this: If you know, you said if your ducks are in a row, it may may not be that big a deal. If my ducks are in a row, am I ever going to get to this point? Do you, am I ever going to get can, an onsite audit? You can actually believe this. You can request one. Oh, really? Because so there, Cause there are some advantages to have that safety rating, that yeah. satisfactory safety rating. And so you can request them. And, and a lot of the times what happens if a guy has received a conditional safety rating for some point in the past, you request what's called a safety upgrade request. And you go through that process and that comprehensive audit, and you can end up with a satisfactory safety rating after that. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so what else in this category do you want to go over? I know there are a couple of more points that I, I can't remember. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> That's basically, so you're, you get those ratings if, or you go through those um, investigations or those audits. And then after those are done, let's talk a little bit about the results. So typically what happens is um, you either get a, a pass that you've passed the safety audit or you get you fail it and you get what's called a notice of violation. And so the notice of violation is going to address all the issues that you've had. It's going to line them out, you know, pretty extensively and what what the issues are and what you've done wrong. And they're going to make you do kind of one of two things. The first one is called a, a CAP plan. It, CAP stands for corrective action plan. So the corrective action plan is basically you're you're kind of a religious person, aren't you, Craig? Yeah. Eh, more or less it's basically the repentance process <laughs> so you, you basically is that have what to, we're going with here that's what we're going with here yeah the, <laughs> the corrective action plan is basically with the fmcsa is the repentance process you have to tell them what you've done wrong um how you're going to fix it and how you're going to prevent it from happening again this is and then uh, if we're going maybe 12 step we can go 12 step and like the ninth step you got to make amends right yeah, and, make it, yeah. and yeah you potentially may have to make amends and, and that's the that brings us right into the next person what what with the government what would those amends be oh so uh, something about money yeah it usually involves money you, you, you're you're typically gonna have to pay a fine okay all right and so that's the next thing that you could possibly get after the notice of violation where they tell you all the things you've done wrong, you may also get what's called a notice of claim where they issue civil penalties and fine you for, for your transgressions. <laughs> I'm, I'm getting all, I'm, I'm going so Catholic now and I'm, I'm thinking of remittances. Like you, need go, and, you need to go confess, don't you? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay, um, now these, so this this cap, what do you call it? Corrective action, corrective action plan. plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, this kind of sounds like the warning letter, but with teeth. a lot more teeth it is yeah because at this point they've actually gone in and looked at things and they know you've got issues and so so they want you to have a plan of how you're going to fix those issues and they want to know what that plan is gotcha and that's what that's actually another one of those things that motor carrier hq does is we help guys develop that corrective action plan provide the paperwork and the documentation to the fmcsa to to help you get through that that process and through those issues so it would um tell me about how that would work if somebody came to motor carrier hq and said hey i need help with my cap 
uh, here. Don't don't they already have the cap from the FMCSA? No, because what they've got is the notice of violation. Which ah. tell, it, the, all that has done is told them what they've done wrong. Gotcha. And so the cap is actually basically your response to that notice of violation, saying, you know, you you said we we had issues under this regulation, this regulation, this regulation. And here is what we did wrong. Here's how we're going to fix it. And here's how we're going to prevent it from happening again. And you have to do that with each one of those violations that you've had. Gotcha. And if, if your violations are bad enough, you may have to like ratchet up even more because it's, if, if they've come out and said you're going to have a conditional rating or a unproposed unsatisfactory rating, they give you time to respond to that. But you may have to actually do what's called a safety upgrade request. We talked a I had mentioned it briefly, but that's like a cap plan on steroids. It's it's way more extensive. You have to provide way more documentation, and but that's the kind of situation. A lot of times, you're either going to be put out of service or you're going to have dire consequences if you don't do exactly what they say and and really go through that whole safety upgrade process. And that was going to be my next question. So uh, you mentioned the the four steps of all this and the third one was assigning a safety rating we've already talked about a lot of those uh you mentioned you you might be unrated which yeah, so comes with its own issues uh you, you could be satisfactory you said conditional um unsatisfactory or, or so unsatisfactory the, yeah right. so so the unrated is really not a bad thing that's like right now i'm unrated if oh, you okay. haven't been if you haven't been through an actual audit and a new entrant audit isn't going to count for that typically. Gotcha. But if you haven't been through a, either that off-site, on-site focused, or on-site comprehensive audit, you will be unrated. And that's and, and only if you do the on-site comprehensive could you get the satisfactory, the satisfactory rating. Yeah. But Interesting. If you've, if you've done an off-site and they find things bad enough, or if you've done an on-site focused or the on-site comprehensive, you can end up with a unsatisfactory or conditional rating and and what happens in that kind of situation is you um a a lot of times especially if it's an unsatisfactory they're not just gonna the day after you get audited issue an unsatisfactory safety rating they're gonna give you i think it's usually about 60 days or 30 or 60 days to respond and you can come up with that because they're gonna say we're gonna give you a we propose that you're gonna receive an unsatisfactory safety rating and then they give you time to respond to that do a safety upgrade request so that instead of getting the unsatisfactory rating, they're going to end up giving you a conditional rating. Gotcha. And so Which you can still operate under a conditional I, that's rating. That's what just, I was just going to ask. It's just, it's one of those things that causes you issues. Some brokers aren't going to let you haul for them because you have a conditional rating. Um, your insurance company, when you come to renew your insurance, is probably going to use that as a way to increase your uh, insurance rates. So um, you want to avoid those at all costs. Now, if you get the unsatisfactory rating, are you out of commission? You're off yep. the road. They will not allow you to operate. Wow. Okay. And so that's, if I understand the timeline correctly, and I'm just trying to work through this here, you, you get the notice that, Hey, we're going to give you X rating, you know, maybe, well, that's a bad way to put it. <laughs> you're an X, you're an X rated trucking company. Uh, we're going to give you whatever rating it is. Maybe it's unsatisfactory. And then Within those 30 or 60 days, if you have not responded with the proper uh, upgrades, safety upgrades, or whatever it is that you need to do, then that kicks in and you're taken off the road. Yep. Right? If it's if, if the proposals to give you an unsatisfactory safety rating, yes, they will take you off the road. If it's lesser, um, they're, they're probably going to, um, it may not be quite as drastic of a consequence, but you're still going to have consequences. You, you'll, you'll still either get that conditional safety rating or you know, 
you'll you'll get fines and 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 then they still kind of keep you on their target list and so eventually if you don't fix those things one way or another you're eventually going to end up with that unsatisfactory safety rating if you don't do right. what you're supposed to do okay all right so uh, ultimately do you want because I'm, I'm going back and forth on something here that we've kind of mentioned you want that satisfactory rating that's sweet all right i got a satisfactory rating but do you want to seek that out or would you rather just that the fmcsa not know who you are typically not knowing who you are is is pretty good so usually you'll, you only really need that set satisfactory rating for there are going to be some shippers like a very few of a, a small minority that will only do business with guys that have a satisfactory safety rating so it, it's definitely not critical to your business operations to have one but okay. with that being said if your ducks are in a row and, and you're confident that you've done things well you shouldn't be afraid of a comprehensive safety audit because you've got everything. And, and, and again, we'll go into this in the next episode when we really go into detail of what it, what the record keeping requirements are, what's involved in a safety audit. But it's again, it's not rocket science and, and motor carrier HQ has an audit assistance package that can walk you basically through each step of what you need to do, what records you need to have. And as long as you're maintaining that stuff, you're going to be good. And as long as you, the, I've never seen a safety auditor and, and we've been part of tons of clients that have done safety audits. We oftentimes have clients that don't want to do the safety audit on at their location and they'll come into our office and have the FMCSA or the DOT auditor meet them in our office and you know we've been part of it and helped them through it. And auditors typically will give you a little bit of leeway. They don't expect everything to be perfect. They just want to see that you've got a good system. You know, if you've had hours of service regu- regulation violations that you know how to address them, you address them properly. Um, as long as you're doing that kind of stuff and, and it's not egregious, you're going to be fine. Okay. All right. So gosh, that's a lot of info. And like I said to anybody who's listening, a lot of uh, these details, these are going to be in the show notes. Uh, but you may need to click through to get the full show notes. Make sure you get all of those details. It's going to have links, uh, not just to those show notes on hollandassetsllc.com, but also to, I assume, some resources that we can get at uh, motorcarrierhq.com uh, and other things that people will be able to get to uh, navigate all of this yeah. stuff, right? And Yeah, and you can always give Motor Carrier HQ a call and talk to one of our coaches if you have questions about this kind of stuff. They they understand the regulations. They understand how to get through that process. If you've had issues or think you might have issues, or you know, they can they can provide you some some resources to you know follow that preventative take those preventative measures and, yep. and just not even get to that point. Very good. Well, it, that kind of sounds like a final thought, but I, I still want to ask you any last thoughts that you want to part with, especially for somebody who is new to the road and maybe has that new entrant uh, situation that you're in right now. Yeah, I guess I guess to kind of wrap it up in a tidy little bow, like you always like to say, I'd just say, you know, don't let the FMCSA even get to the point where they identify you, you know, unless you're trying to get that satisfactory safety rating. But what, what you need to do is just make sure you pass your new entrant audit if you're a new carrier. Make sure your equipment is well-maintained, that you're following the traffic laws, and that you're running clean logs. If you're doing those kind of things, you're not going to have that target on your back. If you aren't doing those things, as soon as the FNCSA kind of sees that and kind of gets wind that you're not doing what you're supposed to do, they put that target on your back. And then things just get worse and worse and worse for you because you get inspected more often 
and they they're watching you and you know if you don't make those adjustments after they really start looking at you they're going to come in and they're going to do an audit and probably going to find things that you don't want them to see and it's just it's going to turn in and be messy so again it's that ounce of prevention stay ahead of it you know do the things that you're supposed to do right off the bat and as long as you're doing that they've got a ton of other companies that they can go look for that aren't doing it and they're going to focus their efforts on them and not on you last question for you then if i'm a an owner operator one truck operation and I'm flying under the radar because I'm doing everything I'm supposed to be doing. Can I go 10, 15, 20 years with an unrated, uh, you know, rating, I guess? It's actually more common than you would think. And yes, right. you absolutely can. Well, there you go. So if anybody has any questions, seek us out at on Facebook. Uh, search Holland Assets on Facebook. Go to hollandassetsllc.com and look for the show notes for this episode or any of the others and just pop into the comments down there and let us know. Uh, Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. We are not done with this regulatory stuff. We've got two more episodes of this, and Chris and I are going to marathon record this, (laughs) and uh, we're going to get these uh, regulatory episodes done, And because... This is really good information. It's like the taxes one, right? This is, is good stuff it's, for it's everybody. It's critical information for your business. I can't emphasize enough. Stay on top of it. And if you do, I know the regulations aren't fun, but you got to do it. And your life will be 10 times easier if you just stay on top of it from the beginning. All right, Chris, let's record a couple more and then go into quarantine. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs>